Hello and welcome to Ordinary Lives Takeaways from a Pandemic, the podcast, a podcast designed to explore the various changes we've made to our lives over the course of the pandemic. And this is the one in the in a series of international interviews that I've been conducting since the start of the pandemic. And today I'm speaking to a friend, Kasia, in Poland. Hi, Kasia. Hello. <laughs> how are you? I'm pretty good taking into account all the circumstances and how are you? Yeah, I'm really well. It's such a strange year, isn't it? I should say it just is. to start off with that we're we're kind of approaching the Christmas period. We're recording this in December, so it's definitely getting cold and everyone's reflecting on the Christmas period. Um, but just briefly to introduce Kasia, we met about six years ago when we were studying together in London and she is a practicing vegan and describes herself as a leftist at heart and is currently living in Krakow in Poland. So she will be giving a Polish perspective today on the pandemic and the situation in regards to the virus from Poland. So, Kasia, can you tell us what is the current situation in Poland? Well, current situation is not good at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure if you've been following the news since start when it comes to whole Europe, but in March we've been quite okay. We closed the borders pretty early. So for around six months we didn't have that many cases. But mm -hmm. our government did not prepare themselves for the colder months. Um, so in June, July, you know, summer periods, everyone was pretty much relaxed, apart from wearing masks in shops. Mm -hmm. um, and then when, when colder weather hit, um, we started to get a lot of cases. At the moment, we have even around 600 deaths a day, which is pretty huge number taken in, mm -hmm. into account there is around 38 million people in Poland so mm -hmm. the situation is definitely going you know from bad to worse <laughs> at the moment. So is there a particularly bad um, situation in any particular city or is, are there kind of hotspots for the virus or is it pretty much spread? I mean presumably the cities will be worse affected than the more remote areas. It's becoming more widespread, but of course, capital Warsaw and, and surrounding areas have loads of cases and bigger cities as well. But for example, in the Silesian region where we have lots of coal mines, we, we had a spike as well because people working together, they were transmitting the virus. So it is pretty much spread out, although smaller cities have um, much fewer cases at the moment. So those coal mines are still operational? They, they were operational all the time um, and that's where, where we started to have the first spikes in the Silesian region because of, of coal mines. But so is it moment, presumably you're saying it's because obviously people have to work in quite close proximity, is that why they have to work very close together? Absolutely, they had to work yeah. close together and, and basically all these coal miners were, they were coming back home, they were spreading the virus into their families and mm -hmm. so on, so yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so interesting the way every country and every person that I speak to actually has kind of a different focus or a different aspect that they can talk about. And, you know, these are just situations that are so different and you wouldn't think about unless it's kind of, you know, if you're exposed to it, if it's in the news where you are or you speak to someone who tells you about it. So, you know, I wouldn't even think about this aspect and coal miners and working yeah. together so closely like that. Um, Absolutely. So, so what restrictions are currently in place in Poland? Uh, well, we have a number of restrictions. First of all, and I think it's the um, 
the worst point is that we have to wear masks everywhere. It's not only in shops, it's not only on public transport. Whenever you go out of your house, you need to wear a mask. So right, it's okay. pretty much you have to wear it all the time. Even if you go for a run, unless you are a practicing mm-hmm. sports person, you still have to wear it. So <laughs> and yes, unless you are unless you are what unless you are unless you are like a competing professionally in in sports. For example, if right, you are okay. a marathon runner and you know okay. you have to practicing um, jogs every day, uh, you have to wear a mask even when you exercise. Okay, yeah. So that's definitely quite extreme um, compared with here, because at least outside here, you're not obliged to wear a mask, so people can go mask-free um, outside at the moment. Has that been in place um, for a long time? Mask wearing, compulsory <sighs> mask wearing outside. It's been in place at least for two months. In the summer, we were not allowed to um, go inside of a shop without the mask. But other than that, mm-hmm. we were able to move freely without it. But since, okay. uh, yes, I think it was mid-September. October, then, then they reintroduced it. So, yeah, it is okay. in place now. And is there any, like, regional variation? So, for example, are there different restrictions in place in different cities or different restrictions in place in the countryside versus the city? Because I can say for here, for example, we have a tier system and that allows the government to put different restrictions in place in different areas of the country. So I was wondering if there's anything like that in Poland. Well, at the moment, pretty much no. Uh, we do have a centralised government. We do have some some boroughs, but um, they, they receive, um, you know, information from the local um, from the central government how they're supposed to act so we all have to wear it now it's it's, okay so everyone is following the same restrictions yes pretty much and you you mentioned that you're working from home is that also widespread across poland are most people if they can working from home it depends on the type of job you have so uh basically poland is like the the biggest outsourcing sector in in the whole of europe at the moment like uh, bpos and shared centers so uh, we do have a huge number of especially younger people who are working for um, foreign companies. And mm-hmm. if you are basically like an office worker, um, then majority of people are working from home. There are some variations. I mean, at least there were some variations where people could travel to office once a week if they wanted to. But there were mm-hmm. lots of restrictions in the office. But for example, my company has introduced the uh, regulations that we have to work from home. And this happened in March. Our um, office is completely closed. So you have no option. You have to work from home. But some other companies, they had a mix. And uh, my mother, for example, is working for health authority in the office as well. And she has to travel to work every day. So it depends <laughs> on the type of, of, okay. of job you do. And has it been an easy transition for you? So has the company been quite good in putting facilities in place to work from home or was it already pretty good anyway? Uh, well, there were no facilities in, in the beginning and I started to have a backache because I was just sitting on a normal chair. <laughs> uh, but uh, then months in, they proposed they can, you know, bring chair from, from the office, the, the, the ones that you were sitting on. So that was, okay. that was a pretty much a bit of help. And they also offered like additional screen so I cannot say they left us just completely without help. So that, that there were some adjustments. <laughs> so Yeah, there are some good like practical considerations um, that are nice that your company's kind of laid those on. Absolutely. So how are people how are people in general responding to the restrictions in Poland and to the situation more generally? Uh, well, uh, I think we would have to divide people by background. So those who are like more, I, I don't want to be rude, but those who are a bit more <laughs> educated, 
um, they, they were sort of okay, but um, we do have a certain segment of population when they started to circulate this kind of theories uh, that, you know, governments introduce this virus because they want to kill us and uh, mm -hmm. there is no virus at all. So we, do, we did have a big chunk of society that they didn't want to adjust to um, restrictions, uh, which really <laughs> made me mad. Uh, because mm -hmm. they were saying that people are actually not dying. Uh, is it just a hoax and it doesn't exist? So, for example, in shops, when you had to make a distance of two meters between each other, a majority of people were not actually abiding. So I had a lot of arguments with people who are just standing straight behind <laughs> me uh, because our culture is slightly different to the British one. And I'm used to British culture. I mean, at least when it comes to, you know, personal space. And people are usually standing very, very close to you. So they, you can uh, almost feel them at, behind you, you know, standing straight behind your okay. back. And it hasn't changed. And I think that it helped a little bit with spreading the virus further. So, um, but there are a certain number of people who said, okay, it, it exists. I'm going to try to you know, stick to, to these type of restrictions. So we do have a mixed feelings, you know, people acting very, very differently. Some, some people are wearing masks and they were always wearing masks. Some people are being fined by it. Um, so <laughs> it's, I would say it's like 50-50 at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, you mentioned some people are obviously, you say there's compulsory mask wearing in the streets, but I would imagine, um, I mean, because, you know, we potentially have that problem here as well, but it's quite hard to police. So is it being heavily policed? Is there more of a police presence on the streets? Um, are people being actively fined? What's, what's the situation in terms of that? I haven't seen that many police in the streets, but to be honest, I'm not moving that much outside of my house. I'm basically going to, mm -hmm. to get some food and I'm coming back home. But I've seen some, a bit more of patrol, more policing on, on the streets. Uh, but yes, people were yeah. fined. Yes, I've heard of stories and uh, fines were considerable at times. So indeed, <laughs> we had instances. Yeah, because I mean, certainly here I can say that I've seen um, more police presence on the streets, not like hugely, um, hugely more, but still there have been police out and about a bit more. And I also found it interesting the way you focused on the distance thing and how you identified that as a cultural thing, because that's certainly a conversation that I've had with different people. Um, for example, in a Norwegian interview, we were talking about how having that kind of social distance and social reserve might actually be uh, more common in Norway than other countries as well. So, um, I mean, I've also had situations where I've, you know, maybe had to ask someone or could you could you move over a little bit it has it does happen to a certain extent but I appreciate what you're saying that's really interesting what you're saying about the way it's much more culturally culturally normal in Poland for people to stand more close together um and how that's kind of causing problems and then also causing you to think about how you might act differently because of the virus as well um so thank you for sharing that um so my next question was in regards to um, yourself and whether at an individual level or a personal level you've had any kind of major takeaway or lesson from the pandemic or if there's any kind of significant reflection that you've been having throughout this period. A few, few reflections. I mean, first of all, um, I've always been very anxious about my family's health is because our, of our history. My dad has been heavily ill in the past. My daughter has been ill, so... I've become even more anxious. <laughs> so, um, mm -hmm. yes, just trying to stick to rules as much as I can. So I'm just really taking the um, 
Asian um, approach. I was speaking with a number of people from Singapore and they said, okay, if the uh, restrictions are in place, you're supposed to abide it and that's what I do. Uh, but in terms of um, on a wider scale, um, I, I believe that this virus is actually accelerating a number of negative trends that we, we had in the past. So, for example, inequalities in terms of access to healthcare have been evident. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of um, like number of deaths, you've seen in the US that a big spike, and I believe it's because people didn't have a proper healthcare, for example. Um, you mm -hmm. can also see the, uh, that some, some work is more precarious than others. So, for example, I do have this kind of opportunity to work from home and being less exposed than people that were working physically. So, so uh, that's for sure. And the third thing is that in Poland, we did have a wave of people losing their jobs almost instantly when the virus hit. So, so mm -hmm. the way companies are treating employees... I believe there is a big change to make because people are losing jobs. Like one week you've been working, the other week you've been already, you know, served your notice period. So they don't really care about, you know, keeping people in places. They just, like, I'm not saying all companies, but a big chunk of companies really cared about their profit and people are losing jobs. So I believe we do have a number of things to fix. And the last thing that when we've been in like a total lockdown all across the world, that the uh, pollution has gone down. So I, I do think that we as a humanity have to change the way we live anyway, uh, because otherwise we might not survive. And, and maybe people will take some lessons that, yeah, we have to change the way we live altogether. So you're kind of in the camp of people saying um, that there's actually been a lot of, there have actually been a lot of positive benefits and positive knock-on effects of this in terms of the fact that obviously, you know, not to discount all of the struggles that people are having but in terms of the way that um, we're perhaps being more or there are benefits from an environmental perspective so for example using cars less less um, and being less wasteful and things like absolutely. this absolutely yes yes but on the other hand then we have like lots of plastic gloves so just yeah just we have to become i believe that you know this kind of discussion about the um our environment and and, and earth all together has, has become much more prominent than it has been in the past. And I believe this kind of a crisis made people think about not only, you know, their daily busy lives, but just they started to reflect about the um, humanity and, and our, our planet as a whole. So I hope this is uh, yeah, <laughs> what think... other people think, but that's, that's, that's my perspective on it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think there's kind of that aspect as well of, you know, when you're kind of when you potentially have a bit more free time or you're potentially, you have less things to do that you would normally do, particularly if you're living in a city and used to maybe going out quite a lot, maybe just going out and connecting with nature and things like that. That's something that I think is coming about a lot more than it was before, but it's obviously a mixed picture. And like you say, there are people who have kind of hit, been hit extremely hard in terms of both health and um, financial situations. So it's a very kind of mixed picture from that point of Absolutely view mixed um, picture. that's that's what I can agree on. can I ask you as well um I noticed obviously through social media that you are kind of someone who perhaps not recently but you were attending attending quite a lot of political protests and things like that I was wondering if there's been any kind of 
political situation, if the, there's been a political situation in Poland that has particularly impacted the way you view this or the way people view us view this situation more generally, um, and how that kind of um, right to protest has been impinged as one well on by the virus. So, for example, are you still able to go out and make your voice heard through protest or whatever it is that you do in order to express your views in that in that sense? Absolutely. I believe that uh, our government has used this situation and the whole virus thing as a way to uh, restrict people's freedom to protest. That's for sure. I'm not sure if you've been following uh, any news from Poland, but um, we do have a right wing government that's very conservative and they decided to uh, restrict uh, the abortion laws uh, for women even more. Mm -hmm. We already have one of the mm -hmm. strictest abortion laws in, the, in Europe. And um, at the moment, they want to actually, they actually banned already the right for a woman to abort heavily um, sick uh, fetus. So, for example, a fetus, when you know that a child will be bo born with such illness that is going to die short mm -hmm. afterwards. So, this mm -hmm. part. So that, that legislation's already brought, been brought into yes. place. Yes, it has been brought. Uh, yes, and... it's, it's, uh, it's a new one. Uh, they introduced it around two months ago. Okay, and so two months, so since the pandemic, actually, and are people, is that something that people are, I mean, presumably people were protesting it before, but is it something that people are still actively protesting, even since it's been brought yes, in? Yes, we still do have protests, although we do have uh, less of protests now because people just became very um, tired of the whole situation. But we had huge mm -hmm. wave of protests uh, in Warsaw, in the capital, in Krakow, I, I uh, like you mentioned, I was part of these protests and we had police coming at us saying you have to disperse because you are trying to mm -hmm. transmit the, um, the virus. So there were huge demonstrations um, and uh, police was even using a lot of force on, on, on people. Um, so mm -hmm. definitely our democracy is being threatened and the virus is being used against us. Although at the moment there is, yeah, there is less of demonstrations because people were just going out on the streets on a daily basis. And I also believe as Christmas is approaching, maybe they don't want to expose their parents to virus potentially. That's what I'm doing. I'm not going yeah. to protest now because um, I don't want to expose my parents to an illness. But once Christmas is over, we're probably going to regroup and I'm going to be on the streets once again because this is what, ha what is happening is absolutely outrageous. And even my father, who's, who's actually a Catholic, um, he also said that uh, this is taking away human, human rights for women. So uh, mm -hmm. actually more than 73% uh, of people are against uh, this change of law. And this shows how, how the... Um, However, gov government is trying to control people uh, through the virus, just trying to shut us down and trying to keep us at home as well. Yeah, it's interesting to hear. It's interesting to hear um, so many different perspectives on the virus. And I think there's a lot that you've said, you know, it's difficult because I don't have such an awareness of the political situation in Poland. Um, you asked me if I've kind of been in touch with news from Poland. I mean, I've only, what I've seen has been through your Instagram, to be honest. Um, and that's really interesting. And I'm, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I notice that you post sometimes in Polish and um, I was a little bit curious. So um it's it's nice to see sometimes in English, but um, it was making me it was definitely prompting me to to search a little bit more and to see a bit more of the news of what's going on there. Um, so it is definitely quite interesting. Um, 
And thank you for sharing that. So it, that kind of brings me on moving on to kind of a different topic, but, and a bit more kind of lighthearted, <laughs> sure. I guess, but have you had any um, favorite takeaway food during the course of the pandemic or has there been any particular dish that you've been enjoying? Yes. I mean, uh, I actually signed up for uh, this kind of home delivery food service. Um, we do have um is that, do you mean like a, just a grocery shop that you would have no, delivered home rather than a... Whole meal. So you receive like a breakfast packed in a just separate packaging, then you have like a lunch and, and supper as well. Okay. And we do have a chain, um, a restaurant chain. Uh, it's called Mihiderka. Probably no one's going to remember the name. Uh, but this, uh, this was the first uh, chain that was offering just the fully plant-based food. And I decided that I'm going to sign up. I'm not doing it like week by week, but sometimes when I know I do have a more busy week, then I'm just, you know, buying the um, seven-day delivery, for example, because this was my okay. way of supporting the business. Um, I know in the UK there was a kind of a scheme where people were receiving money from the government. Uh, we did have a similar scheme in Poland, but it, it is very short-lived. So actually a number of restaurants have uh, closed down and uh, it's just a me of trying, you know, to put a little help by saving the, the, the business, you know. Um, but they are all, all together. They do, do have a um, marvelous food and I really hope they're going to survive. So, yeah, everything that's plant based, Is uh, it? <laughs> I was getting from them. Are there any specific um, dishes that are plant-based that would be a take on like traditional Polish food or is there any kind of Polish um, slant on the food that you're eating? Well, I think you can veganize nowadays pretty much everything, but um, it might not be the best thing for me to say, but I'm more of a fan of a bit of a different type of cuisine than Polish one. I'm a huge fan of mm -hmm. um, Indian cuisine. So it's already very vegan friendly okay. if you remove like yogurt and, and, and ghee, uh, which is sort of a, a butter. So I, I love to eat veggie curry. And this is uh, probably my, uh, you know, most favorite dish of all times. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was just curious because I would imagine that Polish food generally is quite meat heavy. It is, but it's uh, becoming less. So at the moment, we, we actually have um, okay. we have a dumplings. That's our probably most staple dish. And uh, you, can, mm -hmm. you can make it without uh, meat, uh, but you have to use cheese. However, if you're going to use tofu in a special way, you can make completely vegan dumplings. And this is what I'm going to actually attempt during Christmas. I hope, <laughs> I hope I will manage, but I'm not too sure. So uh, that kind of, I mean, like, that was one more thing that I was just curious about, if you don't mind me asking. You said um, you're currently living in Krakow. Are your parents in Krakow no, as no, well? my parents are living in my hometown. It's got around 50,000 people. It's one hour and a half away from, from Krakow. So you will be going back there for Christmas? Yes, I'm already here just because I can work remotely. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I came a week earlier. I haven't seen my parents, although my dad came just to chop some wood, but I haven't seen him <laughs> because, uh, to chop yeah, some because wood. we do have a fireplace in the house. So <laughs> he just brought me some, some, some uh, chopped wood because I can't do it myself. And, and yeah, <laughs> so I'm here all alone. Um, and um, I, I hope to see them actually on Monday. So 
Are you still working at the uh, moment? Yesterday was my last day uh, of work, okay. so I'm going to have a two, oh, okay. two weeks off. Although uh, we, I tend to work a bit longer hours when I'm at home, which is not a good thing. But <laughs> but I'm happy to to have a job. So that's... Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of people feel like they can't necessarily complain about their jobs at the moment just because there, there are people out of work. So it's kind of... I do think it has kind of the potential to bring us together in that sense um, or to kind of set us apart. Um, but hopefully it's more of the more of the first one and people are coming together a bit more. Um, can I, what was the name of your town, sorry, the, where it's you're from? It's called Dembica. <laughs> yes, <Dembica>? exactly. Very good pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Thank you. I remember you did teach me some Polish um, <laughs> when we were students together, but I'm pretty sure it was not like that polite. So um, I probably shouldn't no, test it on I, here. No, but I remember you always um, had exceptionally good accent. So you must be just good at languages. <laughs> I'm always going to have accent okay, in well. Whatever I do, it's never going to disappear. I, I'm going to die with it. That's, that's what I'm sure. <laughs> but I think people have found uh, generally the feedback that I've had for people with accents on this podcast has been quite good. I think people have quite enjoyed listening to different accents um, and found them quite charming i guess so i don't think it's a bad thing at all uh, let's let's hope let's hope. Um, <laughs> kasha thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today i think um particularly for poland because it's not necessarily um a country that people would immediately think of and it's certainly not somewhere that people are necessarily hearing as much about of in the news um so it's quite interesting to hear from you today and thank you for sharing your views and your perspective and your story from the pandemic Absolutely. thank you so much for considering me and wanting to, to learn a bit more about poland and what's going on with us <laughs> of course of course Speak thank you, you so much take care <laughs> bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.